Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So we've been making comments for five years now. It's over a hundred episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a Canada Land supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to CanadaLand.com slash join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. What I tend to say about Sudbury is that it's large enough that the decisions matter and it's small enough that they can get away with just about anything. All right, Vicky, so what are we looking at here? So we're looking at a community Facebook page called Valley East. You get things on this Facebook page like cute little jokes. Here's one I love. It's called The Morning Groaner. In December, my young grandson called to wish me happy birthday. One asked how old I was, and when I told him, he was quiet for a moment and then asked, Grandpa, did you start at one? <laughs> so there's like cute little stuff and lots of lovely little community building. For example, a lady posted to say like, this is a long shot, but just wondering if anyone found a wallet in or around the Rexall or subway in Valcairn. It's my dad's who is here visiting from Newfoundland and needs ID in it to travel. And this thing has 333 shares, like the communities. That's kind of heartwarming. Yeah, it's a really lovely spot. Jerks in Toronto would never do that. No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> It's also got little things like bear sightings. So somebody will say, here's a heads up. There's a baby bear and a mama on Frost Street. Be careful. And there's also just like city business that happens on this Facebook page. The counselor who runs this particular Facebook page, you know, he posted on August 25th, what should we do with the Sudbury Arena? Should it be replaced? Where should it be located? Should the taxpayers be required to pay for some of the local construction? And then he gives this long history about what the arena is and what the questions are that are in front of Sudbury Council. So, I mean, Vicky, that all sounds pretty kosher to me and sounds kind of heartwarming and, and, and lovely for a community to be able posting and, and to, you know, just stay in touch with one another and let each other know what's, what, what's up in the community. So what is the issue here? So then there are also posts that the councillor, Robert Kerwin, who runs this, where he'll say things like, find out why more and more people are stopping by for food and drinks at First Round Restaurant and Sports Bar in Valcaron. And it's a pretty long post. It's got some pretty, like, interesting food deals at the end. That sounds like an ad. The counselor says it's not an ad, but he does appear to be taking money to write some posts and listeners are asking questions. So is he profiting from his public platform? And the bigger question, what do you do if you think your counselor has a conflict of interest? I'm Vicky Mochama. I'm Spree Devetti. From Canada Land, this is Commons. This episode of Commons is brought to you by Samara Canada. 
So, Vicky, we all have friends who are always sending you invites to attend a protest, busy breaking down the latest news in politics, or tirelessly campaigning for an issue or community. And these are the people that Samara Canada wants to shine a light on, and they want you to nominate them as an everyday political citizen today. Everyday Political Citizen is a contest that celebrates the people in our lives who give a shit about our democracy and take the time to get political. The contest is run by Samara, a cool, nonpartisan organization that crowdsources stories about the unsung heroes who make our community and our world a better place, and then features their stories in the media and online to inspire more Canadians to get political. So, Vicky, who would you nominate? I'm going to nominate Sandy Hudson. She's one of Black Lives Matter's co-founding organizers. She's an incredible woman who's just really out there advocating that the city, especially the city of Toronto, should stop some of its racist policies towards citizens. She's a really interesting human being, and I think she's a great everyday political citizen. So you guys heard Vicky's nomination. If you want to nominate somebody yourself, and you should, take five minutes and make your friend's day by nominating them at samaracanada.com slash canadaland. It's super easy and all nominations will be shared online. Nominate someone today. That's samaracanada.com slash canadaland. So like I was saying, this counselor in Greater Sudbury, his name is Robert Kerwin. He runs a Facebook group called Valley East Facebook Community. It's an extension of his community newsletter called Valley East Today. It has over 7,000 members who talk about bear sightings and city policy and other community issues. So who had a problem with this? Uh, It's a listener named Matt Alexander. Matt calls himself a pedestrian safety advocate. He ran for city council in the past, but in a different ward from Robert Kerwin. He now works in provincial politics. Why does Matt have a problem with the Facebook page? He doesn't quite have a problem with the Facebook page. He actually really likes it. Here's what he said about it. It's a good place to ask people for recommendations for babysitters or you know, auto repairs or anything like that, or to mention when bears are in the neighborhood. And it's also, uh, Councillor Kerwin has done a good job of sharing city business on this group. So he'll talk about extending the RV pump out hours or whether there's lifeguards at the beach and that kind of thing. So that's been really good. But like I said, he has an issue with this one other aspect of it. The other thing that he does is he, he wants to promote local businesses, which is also a really good thing. But one of the ways that he does that is that he offers his services in writing posts, which he posts onto the the Facebook group. And he'll actually charge a fee to write these posts, which are then posted under his own name. And it's the sort of thing that that raises some questions for me. I'm really interested in sort of council transparency and that kind of thing. And you can't tell whether or not it's a paid post or if he's just advising his constituents of a, a new business. They're often written in the first person, and uh, it's, it's raised a lot of questions for me. So we're looking at a post about a senior's day at the Monte Vista Golf Club. Is that the sort of thing that we should be asking whether it's paid? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that one is fair game. If you go through the history on the page, you'll see a number of posts about this golf club or country club or, or whatever. So he has rules for how these things get posted. A business doesn't have to pay him to write a post. They can create something like uh, 15 to 20 individual posts and the business would send those to him and then he would share it onto the page and, and there would be no charge for that. But he explains in one of his informational posts that if you don't have time to write it or if you can't find somebody else to write it, then he will gladly write it for a fee. 
So how do you know then that he's not just, you know, a big fan of this particular golf club or he doesn't just love Seniors Day? I don't know that. It's very possible. So I guess my question is, why does the counselor need to take money for this? So what Matt told me is that counselors in Sudbury are part-time and a couple of them, you know, do other jobs. They're teachers, they're accountants. Okay, that makes sense. So did Matt ever confront Counselor Kerwin about this? I asked Matt about that and that actually leads into his second complaint. It's come up a number of times. I used to be a member on the group just to try to see what counselors are doing. I I follow a couple of other council members' Facebook groups, and I noticed that these types of posts kept popping up. And so I posted a question and asked if these are paid endorsements. He essentially reacted in a how dare you kind of tone and said that he was exploring his legal options and banned me from the group. And he's done this with a number of other individuals because um, others have seen this kind of activity and, and anytime that they've questioned Councillor Kerwin on his motivations or his choices or have been critical of, of one of the businesses that he promotes on there, he's responded by banning them from the group. When it comes to city council stuff, he's a little bit more forgiving when people have questions or provide a position that he doesn't necessarily agree with. But if people get overly emotional or accusatory about things, then he will certainly ban you. And it's kind of an ongoing joke on uh, Sudbury Facebook. And it's sort of like, yeah, he'll ban you without even blinking an eye. I mean, Kerwin, to me, just sounds like a typical man on the internet who seems to be quite sensitive uh, about, you know, getting questions or answering. So ultimately, this is his own group and he has rules about how people can act. So what's the big deal if, if somebody's banned? You know, that's a very good point. Is it actually Councillor Kerwin's private Facebook group or is it a public space? He writes in the group's welcome post that it's a great place to get information about City Hall and council because he's a councillor. Also, there are over 7,000 people taking part in these group discussions. So Matt feels like he's missing out on some important stuff. Last summer, we had a, a lot of bear encounters, black bears coming out of the woods and getting into people's garbage. And so council decided to pass a bylaw to ban people from putting their garbage out overnight. And in the rural areas, that was uh, rejected by the population. And so council backtracked on that. And a lot of that discussion around that policy happened on this Facebook group and helped inform Mr. Kerwin's decision. So what does Matt ultimately want? Does he want Kerwin to be censured by council or to, I don't know, be deposed or something? No, like Matt doesn't want him to be arrested or anything. He actually proposes a solution for one of his complaints. I should be really clear, too. I don't think that Mr. Kerwin is doing anything that's actually illegal. But I feel that it is uh, unethical and that there are a lot of questions and really simple solutions. Like if he just added a phrase that said, this is a sponsored post, that would solve basically all my concerns. All right. So as I see it, there are two independent complaints here. Matt says the city councillor bans people from a valuable public space yep. and that the councillor also uses his public platform for direct personal profit. Uh, what does Councillor Kerwin have to say about this? I actually called him to ask. You reach Robert Kerwin. Would you please leave your name, phone number and a detailed message? And I will get back so I didn't get through. But our producer, Kevin Sexton, emailed him with some questions. Kevin. Hey. So uh, give us a little bit of the back and forth that you had with uh, Councillor Kerwin. Right. I did ask him to appear on the podcast. He said no, but he did answer my questions very thoroughly and very quickly. This whole correspondence will be on our website, but I'll take you through the highlights. Councillor Kerwin said, quote, I am the publisher of a community social media site, and I also happen to be the part-time city councillor. 
So some of the posts contain information about city business, just the same as any other news publication. This is an information group, not a political group, end quote. On banning people, he said the rules are clearly written and anyone who violates them is not welcome. Here's where it got interesting. When I asked about money, he said, there are no paid posts on the site. I do not permit advertising on the site. So is there even an issue then if he's not taking money or like, I don't get it? I wasn't sure what to make of that at first either. So I did look up the rules and what I came to understand is that he is paid to write some posts, but he is not paid to post them. I asked him if that was correct. I also said it's not clear to me how he defines advertisements because of course he says he doesn't advertise. Here's what I wrote. One of your posts reads in part, every Monday, Monte Vista Golf Club invites visitors to enjoy two for one green fee rates. Just go to the link below and see the savings that you can access. Then call the pro shop and ask how it works. I wrote, how is that not an advertisement? Yeah, I mean, I don't really get how it's not an advertisement either. Well, he sent me a long email in response to that. I'm going to read you most of it. What is your point, Kevin? You see the policy and the procedures, and you see that there is no restriction on which businesses can be profiled and promoted on the site if they follow the protocols. What is an advertisement? You tell me the definition for advertising. Is a person posting something telling about a good experience with a local hairdresser called advertising? And why do you care? Why should I care what you think? Why is it your business or Mr. Alexander's business at all? This is my Facebook group, and I can do what I wish with it. Everyone on the group asked to join. I had to allow them to join. No one has a right, in quotes, to join this group. Anyone asking to join the group is accepting the group rules. If they don't like the rules, I am not going to change for them. And if they persist in demonstrating disregard for the rules and disrespect for any of the members, including disrespect for me, then I have the right to remove them from the group. As for the protocols, you have read them. They clearly say that if a business can find anyone to write promotions, then as long as they fit the style I have used, they will be shared and posted. So whatever you see me post is not, in caps, an advertisement because I do not allow advertising. And then he later writes, if you want to get philosophical about marketing and promotions, what do any of us do in public that could not be considered advertising? What does anyone do or say in public that is not an advertisement for that person or that person's product? Please stop wasting my time over frivolous matters. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, then. That seemed uh, terse. Yeah, I mean, I guess he just feels really strongly about this group that he's run and has been running for quite a while. But like... Instead of arguing the philosophy of advertising, the question is still really, is he breaking any rules? Right. In a city like Toronto, the person who would make that decision is an integrity commissioner. Greater Sudbury has actually been having this debate for years about whether or not they should have an integrity commissioner. Matt Alexander, actually, when he ran for council in 2014, asked for more city transparency, including appointing an integrity commissioner. But I never really knew where that debate fell. So I called the city to ask them about it. The first person I spoke to was the executive assistant to the councillors. And my first question was, do you have an integrity commissioner? She told me, that's a complicated question. Huh. Seems uh, to me like it would be yes or no. 
I thought so. So she passed me up the chain to the media person. Trudeau was in town, so it took a while for them to get back to me. But about two weeks later, they got back to me saying, no, we do not. They said when people raise complaints about a member of city council, the mayor in consultation with the city clerk will investigate and take action as necessary. They also pointed me to the existence of the wrongdoing hotline. This is a hotline that any resident can call any time of day, any day of the week to, quote, report suspicion or proof of wrongdoing to find us any kind of activity that could be deemed illegal, dishonest, wasteful, or a deliberate violation of city policy. Thanks, Kevin, for doing all that great legwork. Now get out of here. All right, Vicky. So it looks like we're going to need to bring in somebody with a little bit more expertise because we need to get to the bottom of this. So let's talk to John Mascarin. He is a partner at Aird and Bearless. He's a municipal specialist. He's the appointed integrity commissioner for three municipalities, and he's an interim integrity commissioner for a fourth municipality. Um, he's also defended councillors in the past, so he has a really well-rounded view on the issue. I can't wait to see what he says. How common is it for a municipality not to have an integrity commissioner? It's very common. There's 444 municipalities throughout all of Ontario. And I dare say at this point in time, I don't think a hundred of them have appointed uh, integrity commissioners yet. When we called Sudbury to ask if they have an integrity commissioner, the question had to be escalated. They weren't quite sure. Is that a normal thing? No, that's very abnormal. A municipality should be able to answer immediately whether they have an integrity commissioner or not. It's like saying, do you have a mayor? <laughs> uh, so I'm surprised it took more than uh, just a little gentle prodding to find that out. You would think that if a municipality has appointed an integrity commissioner, a lobbyist registrar, or an ombudsperson, which are other accountability officers under the municipality, Municipal Act, that they would know right away. So yeah, that's a little unusual. So John, we're looking at a very specific issue in Sudbury. We have a counselor who one of the first complaint was that he'll ban people from the community Facebook group that he runs for having dissident opinions or what he feels is disrespectful tone. Is that a problem or not a problem? I don't see that as a problem. He runs a community Facebook page, and I, I have looked it up. It appears that this is uh, an outside venture that he uh, runs, and it's purely private. It seems to be separate from uh, his council business. I mean, he does say right in the welcome message, though, that the group is a great place to get information about City Hall because he's a councillor. So does that then affect the ethics of the situation? Yeah, I, I saw that. That's a very interesting clause because it says uh, verbatim. It says, since I am also Councillor of Ward 5, the site also becomes an excellent place to find out information about what is happening at City Hall and at City Council and for people to ask questions that may help them understand what is happening at the city. So it's a curious remark and it teeters on the edge of potentially going over to the dark side, but I don't actually think it does. So then let's look at the second complaint. Robert Kerwin takes money from local businesses to write promotional posts and then post them in the group. Is that a problem or not? I don't see that as a problem either. He uh, runs, and he's uh, said this himself on a number of instances, that he is a Ward 5 counselor in Sudbury, but he also has private practice, and he runs an education-based business development consulting services where he provides services in marketing, public relations, training, staff development, and so on. So the fact that he may actually author pieces and get paid for them to put them on this Facebook page, to me, 
does not seem inappropriate or wrong. It'd be like a, a lawyer in the municipality who's also a council member who then says, I can help you out. By the way, I am a council member, so I know all about the business of the municipality and what's going on. That doesn't seem to be improper in any way to me. And in fact, I think you could see some constitutional law issues arising if somehow there could be a preclusion from him making those sorts of statements and offering services to the general public. How so? Could you elaborate on that a little bit? You were saying it would be like a freedom of speech issue, I guess, or? Yeah, freedom of expression and maybe even a a Section 7 charter issue, which is the right to carry on a livelihood. My assumption always is, is that uh, a member who's representing the public may have another job and may devote a certain amount of time and energy to doing it. There is nothing inappropriate with uh, a council member having roots in the community, a business in the community, in which which he's interacting with other residents and other businesses. I don't think that's at all improper. What may be improper is if that creates a conflict with his or her duties to the council. Much of that would be covered off under the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act, which says that if you do have any pecuniary interest, meaning an interest... Monetary interest, yeah. That's right, in a matter, then you cannot vote or participate or attempt to influence the vote on anything that may be in front of council. But it doesn't preclude you from being a council member. And in fact, the the legislation recognizes that a member of council may have those interests and doesn't immediately oust the member from being a member of council. All it says is, if that matter is going to be considered at council or at a committee of council, then you have to recuse yourself and you can't participate in it. So if I had a government relations practice and I was a Sudbury counselor and there are issues on which I was actively lobbying my own fellow counselors on, I would recuse myself from the specific matter, but it wouldn't necessarily be a general conflict of interest for me to have a government relations practice, but also be a counselor? My answer would be that there would be nothing wrong. You are entitled under the Municipal Act in Ontario to create for your municipality a lobbyist registry and rules about lobbying. If the municipality doesn't create those rules, then I don't see how it would be inappropriate for a council member to run a government consulting service that may be giving advice on its own municipality, provided the member complies with any rules in the code of conduct that the municipality may or may not have created, and any rules under the Municipal Conflict of Interest Act. And of course, it doesn't breach any other rules that may be applicable, for instance, fiduciary obligations and things like that. That is wild information. But yeah. Well, I'm just curious because in this case, the counselor doesn't identify which posts he was paid for versus which ones he wasn't. So how do we know whether there's a conflict of interest? Well, you would know because if a matter came up at council and it dealt with that particular person, it would be his personal obligation to then say, you know what, this person is coming for counsel. Let's just say he wrote something about a restaurant. He wrote a blurb about a restaurant and he got remuneration for it. And the restaurateur happens to come before counsel in order to get a rezoning so he could expand the the restaurant, for instance. In that case, the council member would say, hmm, 
I've actually gotten paid by this person to do certain things, especially with the restaurant. And they're coming before council for a zoning amendment or a rezoning. And boy, do I have a conflict. So he'd have to make a determination whether he does or does not, and then would have to declare it or not declare it. John, thank you very much for taking the time out of your five jobs to uh, sit down and talk with us. (laughs) Well, you're very welcome. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Well, now that we know that, I think, Supriya, you should call Matt and let him know. I hate being the bearer of bad news, but I'll do it. Hello? Hi, Matt. It's Supriya calling from Canada Land. Hi, Supriya. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. So, Matt, we spoke to a municipal law expert, and he essentially said that there is no conflict because as long as the restaurant or whomever is paying for these posts isn't then appearing in front of city hall or in front of council for some sort of reason, let's say like for rezoning or what have you, only then would it be a direct conflict. And even then, it would be reliant on Councillor Kerwin to self-report. Yes, I agree. That's exactly the situation where it would become an issue or could become an issue. And that was what I had expressed to Mr. Kerwin in the past, basically saying that he should be careful when voting on items that are related to some of the businesses that he does business with. If there was a code of conduct that expressly prohibited counselors from profiting off of their role as a counselor, then I feel that his behavior on the Facebook group could get him into trouble. The city told us that you could call the wrongdoing hotline if you perceived a conflict of interest. Is that something that you've done or something that you'd be interested in doing in the future? Uh, I I may do that. I may call the wrongdoing hotline at some point. I'm not sure who exactly takes care of that, where the complaint goes, or what kind of disciplinary options there are. Even if there was a cut and drive conflict of interest, and I called it into the wrongdoing hotline, I'm not sure that they would actually be able to do anything about it. The city isn't going to take their own counselor to court. Usually it's left up to private individuals to take counselors to court for wrongdoing. I have raised my concerns with the mayor. I've sent an email to the mayor outlining my concerns and received no response. I've emailed Mr. Kerwin a couple of times about this as well, and he told me that he was exploring his options, his legal options. I've read some of the emails that he sent our producer, Kevin, so I I can only imagine the kind of language he used with you. Yeah. So you spoke with Mr. Kerwin about about that thing? Yeah, our producer did. Um, And he got kind of existential and philosophical about what advertising even is. And what do any of us do in public? That isn't advertising, really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Hey, this is Vicky, and I am recording this from home because... After we looked into it, I kept thinking about this question. Matt wanted to know what was happening with his city council, and even though he seems unsatisfied, we wanted to get him an answer. And we got an expert in who says that Robert Kerwin isn't doing anything wrong. But how many other politicians across the country are maybe bending or outright breaking the rules and not getting caught, simply because there is no integrity commissioner and there is no lobbying registry? What if councillors across the country aren't reporting their own conflicts and nobody's watching? And what happens when there is no Matt Alexander asking these kinds of questions?
that's our episode for this week. Big thanks to Kevin Sexton for producing and making a cameo appearance on the podcast. Our show this week actually came from a listener email, and we'd love to hear more about the politics that's happening in your town, municipality, or riding. There are more people who live outside of Ottawa, and we want to hear about their lives. Please reach out and shoot us an email. Mine is Vicky at CanadaLandShow.com. Mine is Supriya at CanadaLandShow.com. The great music you heard throughout the podcast was produced by Nathan Burley. Our website is CanadaLandShow.com. The next episode of Shortcuts comes out on Thursday, and we, Commons, are back for every single Tuesday. And if you like the show, support us, patreon.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you in part by the Douglas Mattress. Now, I've said it before and I'll say it again. One of the best, and I mean the best things you can do for yourself, is to get a good quality mattress. The time is now, people. Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress protector, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That's douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. So we've been making comments for five years now. It's over 100 episodes and counting. And our plan? Well, it's to keep making more seasons, even more episodes. And when I say we, I don't just mean the Commons team. I'm including you, our listeners and supporters. We can't make this show without you. We can't keep bringing you exceptional reporting every week without your support. We want to make it as easy as possible for you to become a CanadaLand supporter. So from now until the end of May, we have a special deal for our listeners. Sign up now for just $2 a month for the next six months. You'll get access to all the episodes of Commons one week early and ad-free, as well as exclusive bonus content from all of our shows. There's discounts on merch, tickets to our live events, and so much more. This is a limited-time offer, and it's a pretty great deal that helps support our journalism. Just go to CanadaLand.com join or click the link in your show notes to become a supporter today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.